They were greeted by what could only be described as a giant concrete pavlova now fully baked on their driveway. Turns out the cash-paying customer was fucked off with his neighbour's dog constantly shitting on his garden. <laughs> and the request for the shit to be removed had fallen on deaf ears. The moral of the story is pick up your dog shit. <laughs> Friday and slightly dusty edition after Guns N' Roses last night. What a fucking gig it was, and we'll get to that shortly. On the pod today, one of the greatest long play gags of all time. Couldn't think of anything better. Perfect execution. Got Chuck Norris sayings, all of which I'd never heard. And we've got a bloke who gets stabbed so we can go on holiday. And to kick things off, as promised, a bit of a review of last night's gig at our capital city, Wellington, at Sky Stadium here in New Zealand. Uh, heads up, we loved it. And Dunk had a run with a gang member. Oh, yeah. Give us a rating on Spotify or Apple. Let's try beat Joe Rogan, not for radio. Guns and Roses last night. What an absolute treat. Apologies if you were waiting for a not for radio uh, episode. It was just a bit niggly. We were in a bar and we were steaming some jars doing the radio show. Just ran out of time because they were on at 7.30. Yeah, we, we ripped through it. it was, um, it's all, I, love, I love and hate those setups where... Because everyone wants to have a beer with you, mm. and that's awesome. Because you know we love we love chopping piss, but there would have been a couple of hundred people there last night that are really keen to have a tin with you and and say you know they appreciate the, the pod and the show and the rest of it. But fuck me, you get through some piss. Well, and then uh, what happens is the, your job gets in the way of doing what you want to do. Yeah, the radio show, you're like, get that out of the way, and then uh, we'll have fun with everyone else. The the gig itself. I don't know if it was because I didn't have the highest expectations. It was my first time seeing Guns N' Roses live. And, and we obviously, I've grown up listening to them. One of the first double cassettes that I got was Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. And getting the ring was you a know, major part of my, <laughs> my rebellious uh, rural adolescence. Yeah. It wasn't even adolescence. I would have been like fucking 10 when I got that. It's a hell of an album to get it yeah. to. Yeah. Um, but it's one thing to hear them it's another thing to see them and obviously they're past their what you would consider to be their prime but fuck me they were good do you know what's funny though about that so you can be past your prime uh with vocals but technically if you're playing an instrument you should get better and better and better with age yeah like I, I don't think your fingers would slow. You see some people shred into their seventies. See, you check out Keith Richards' hands. They look like they've been fucking run over by a bulldozer. Yeah, and he still crushes. Yeah. So, um, the 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 thing that everyone was, you know, because you hear stories about Axel's voice is gone or whatever, whatever. And now my point, uh, I guess my point of view is shaky for the first couple of songs, then sung "Live and Let Die" and was fucking incredible and absolutely crushed. Maybe he couldn't hold the notes for quite as long, and it looked like he was going off for oxygen into this little tent thing. But he just charged the whole yeah. time, three hours. It was unreal. A big stage, and he covered it. Like he, he would have run a half fucking marathon as well as singing and, and held it all together. 
It, one of the things that impressed uh, me the most was how fucking cool Duff is. Duff is a cool motherfucker. Yeah, he rivals Slash for how cool he is. Yeah, and and because he's always kind of been the, he's probably taken a back seat for the most part mm. throughout the the career, the band's career. I don't realize how good he was at singing too. Yeah, mate, fuck, he was holding Axel up. Yeah, um, and then obviously Slash, like as much as, as much as you say that Duff's cool, look, Slash is just an endlessly cool motherfucker. And we're talking about it. Um, Last night, so when you become a rock star, you don't, it's not overnight. Like it's not like Justin Bieber's success, where mm. all of a sudden you're a weird little kid with a shit haircut playing drums in your house in Canada, and then all of a sudden you're a superstar. Like they are a crafted vibe and look. And at what point do you go? It's going to be a top hat and fucking aviators for me, boys. What are you going to go with? <laughs> yeah, and my rebuttal. <laughs> and Axel goes. White white bike shorts, some high top ponies, and a fucking set of cornrows and a bandana. How do ponies go out of um out of business? They're fucking great shoes. Yeah. Um, I just feel like anything. It was a time when hair metal was big, and everyone was wearing mascara and makeup and lipstick, and it was kind of anything goes. So like that was outrageous, all that stuff. And then you go, fucking top hat, sweet ass. <laughs> I don't even think you go, what are you wearing a top hat for? You go, well, you know, this probably dialed down from where we're at at the moment. Who's the only other band that you can think of that has run a, run a, a lid set up like that? There's one. There's a guitarist called Buckethead, and he just plays in a bucket, and he's like released like a thousand songs or something like that. He's a very incredible guitarist. The singer out of Four Non Blondes, where's that big shit felted top hat version? Jamiroquai. Ah, uh, yeah. He was a big 10-galloner, though, wasn't he? Uh, Pharrell? Yeah, he was a Smokey the Bear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, one last thing. Uh, I was wearing a checkered uh, blue shirt last night and got called out by somebody basically want to step me from a rival gang. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way that he approached it, too. He's like, fool, shit, you wouldn't wear that where I'm from, brother. And I was like, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I actually do. Can I have a photo? Yeah. <laughs> He was awesome. He got a photo. Yeah. Uh, so if you ever get the chance, I mean, I know they've been all over the world and um, they've kicked into gear. I mean, we were supposed to see them two years ago and they're sort of finishing up their worldwide tour. But if you ever get the chance and you haven't gone, I think tickets were 88 bucks here in New Zealand. Uh, absolutely go and see Guns N' Roses. They're one of those bands that you don't want to be let down by. And maybe we got them on a good night because, you, you know, there's nothing sadder than seeing a band past it and yeah. looking like they need to be up there for money. They didn't need to be up there for money. Yeah, we went to um, we went to Jethro Tull, uh, me and the old boy, one of his favourite uh, favorite bands, basically. The lead singer, just incredible, and plays the flute, and fucking runs around, and he must have been in his fucking 80s. And he had, oh, a, cool. he had a backup singer that shared the stage with him on the same level and basically had his voice of old. Oh, that's and cool. And so he would pick up the bits where he was missing. That's and filled so in the cool. gaps, and it was clutch. One of the weirdest things I've was seen. Ian in a gig. Anderson, I think his name is. Was at a Muse gig, and this is around the time that everyone was touting them as the best live band in the world. And there's three members in Muse, I think, or maybe four. Yeah. Uh, um, not enough for the amount of noise that comes out of that and band. Little humans, tiny humans, and just a crazy amount of noise comes out of that. And then I was sort of sitting semi close to the front, but on the side, so I could see out the back. There was like five other guitarists playing behind curtains to bring that noise, live noise, up. I was like, "Fuck, I appreciate that. They're not the stars, but you want it to sound big. Yeah, do what you need to do." But the, mate, I've been to, um, I've been and unashamedly been to Ed Sheeran, fucking sold out uh, Mount Smart, and it's just him. And you go, "Yes, Michael Jackson's a standalone frontman and can command all those." He's in the fucking O2 Arena, like back to back. 
and by himself. Fucking not another soul on that stage or adding. Yeah, it's good for the bank account when you don't need it. Like we've got a band here in New Zealand, Fat, Fat Freddy's Drop, and you divide out what they get paid per show by 12 people. She's a buck 50. <laughs> She's a buck 50 after tax and accommodation. The number one podcast for middle-aged men who still play John Alamu rugby. Lamu! They don't build them like that anymore. Even though they have a wife, three kids... And a mortgage. Jane Dunk's Not For Radio. Okay, bit of a different one. Uh, we don't normally do these on Not For Radio, but this is a Mad Dog Club, which we have on our radio show, uh, an application, and, and Mad Dogs only need to apply. I'm not sure if this person will get the Mad Dog uh, uh, Club status. I, as you say this, fuck me, uh, there's a number of snipers that are Mad Dog. I know. So... I mean, it has been up until this point a predominantly New Zealand-based club. Uh, the dealers. And saying that, we've got like fifteen rings to send out internationally. Yeah, that works. Not paying the international shipping force, and we're going to pay for it. Yeah. Well, I'm down with that. Fuck you, yeah. part of it. Basically, when you make the Mad Dog Club, uh, you get a Mad Dog Club ring, which is like a big Super Bowl-style ring with the original Mad Dog on it, the Wolf. Um, and you can even, uh, for a couple of grand, you can get it in gold with black diamonds or yellow diamonds as the eyes and black diamonds all around it. Yeah, that's fucking badass. So, this is from Ivan Nelson, Mad Dog application. Morning, Fallards, Fallet. No Fallet here today. She's uh, off setting up for our next broadcast um, at another bar. Lucky us. <laughs> Here's my story. I cut my teeth as an apprentice butcher in the freezing works industry in the mid-80s in NZ. Where for the poultry sum of a crate of raspberry juice, you didn't have enough holidays up your sleeves, a bloke would give you a nick and, hey, presto, 10 days off. So somebody else would cut you with a knife. What constitutes, because those knives are like razors, you wouldn't even feel it. Nah. The thing is, you never know what part of the day it's coming, and once the deal was struck, there was no way out. So, <laughs> fuck that. Actually, fuck that. Just get bit, Mate, they've got a union. Just fucking build in some proper holidays. Maybe they didn't back then. Well, no, no, they wanted more than four weeks off a year. So after a couple of years in the gig, I was hanging out for some time off, so I went and saw old mate, who not only gave me a nick, but managed to also do tendon damage in, uh, in the four weeks following the operation. So fast forward a couple of months to St. Paddy's Day, 1989. No, this is not a drunk story. On my way to work on my poxy Honda CB250 when this mad bitch in a Mark III Cortina <laughs> pulls a U in front of me. Long story short, my shin hits the metal bumper that folds around the indicator while trying to get around her. I ride to the side of the road until the bike stalls. I chuck it sideways and I fall over. Three and a half weeks in hospital, three operations, a couple of skin grafts, 16 weeks on crutches, a massive hole where my shin used to be, which now resembles a decent shark bite, and I'm back to work. About six weeks later, I try and take my right uh, hand index finger off of the bandsaw. Three weeks on compo again. Back to work for another go. When I'm, while I'm chatting up this Doris, I'm trying to plough and not paying attention properly. I try to vacuum pack the same hand, a.k.a. another two weeks on combo. And by now, I've had a guts full of butchering, so I'm off to the UK. I go to play a little bit of semi-pro co before a scrum collapses and I rupture my L4 disc in my back. And guess what? Another operation. In an ironic twist of fate, I'm now 53 and I'm a health and safety consultant. <laughs> Cheers for your consideration. <laughs> Dude, I don't think, maybe not quite, he just had a bad run of luck, but a great bunch of stories nonetheless. Yeah, that is, mate, some people just fucking, just can't seem to get a get a good run, eh? No, not at all. It'd be tough to be that person where you're like, ah, you know, fucking here we go again. Just fucking old girl from the Simpsons, <laughs> eh? <laughs> Not for radio. So, the uh, Worcester Buddy saga continues. Yes. 
Um, we were chatting about this yesterday, and then Ross Teddy Courier messaged through, and we're also going to get to another message he actually sent us earlier, because people think it'd be quite funny for me to read a few place names uh, out uh, from the UK that I've got no idea, because I fucked them all up anyway. Yeah. So we'll get to that shortly, but first, he says uh, Worcester is a, is in a, uh, sorry, is a city in the county of Worcestershire. The source is Worcestershire source. But most use Worcester for short. <laughs> Say that fast. No. <laughs> yeah, Worcester. Worcester. Without, there's no shh. Just Worcester. 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 Worcestershire. There we go. We finally got to the I'm bottom. I'm glad that fuck, mate. It's taken about ten eps to get there. I know. Yeah. It's the ongoing, and it's just still they just spelled it wrong. I think that's what we need to remember. Cheers for choosing us, Big Herb. This is Jane Dunks, not for radio. All right, here we go. It's a short, short ball from Ian Patterson, one of our snipers. Back in the late eighties, I worked for Arc driving con- a concrete mixer. A customer came in and ordered a full load, six point three cubic meters for a garage base. He paid in cash, and as he was walking out, said, "If I'm not on site, just tip it on the driveway." Me and the lads are working on an another job around the corner and we'll be there as soon as we hear the truck. The load was delivered as requested and the driver popped the delivery note through the letterbox. Scroll forward 10 days and the real homeowners returned from holiday. They were greeted by what could only be described as a giant concrete pavlova now fully baked on their driveway. Turns out the cash paying customer was fucked off with his neighbour's dog constantly shitting on his (laughs) garden. And the request for the shit to be removed had fallen on deaf ears. The moral of the story is pick up your dog shit. I don't even know where you start with that. You need a big ass digger to start bashing that up and getting it on a big truck. Fuck, that's cool. I, that's, I like I like the creativeness when it comes to just getting back and just sorting that out. Like just that's just another level again. I love the long play. Yeah, this has been a great podcast. I've enjoyed this. Considering yeah. we've been slightly dusty from Guns and Roses, we appreciate you for joining us. We'll be back on Monday, New Zealand time, with another episode of Not for Radio. Do us a favour, um, subscribe or follow, depending on what platform you're listening on, and share an episode with a mate. Very easy. Just hit the share button, send it off as a text, and uh, you'll be feeding the backs with a bit of a low. Have a cracking weekend, and we'll catch you again soon for another Not for Radio. We're in the top 50 for podcasts to listen to by Trim Milk Drinkers. Yummy, yummy. Chin, chin, f***ers. Not for radio.